This is Yelena with 23T, a podcast that dedicates itself to learning about the real lives of up-and-coming artists who are pursuing their passion as their career. This platform creates a community of creatives who share their stories to serve other arts workers. If you're striving towards your dreams, you're bound to learn something from this podcast on how to achieve them by creating your own opportunity. Feeling really overwhelmed. and felt like I was kind of in a race where I can find myself like find what I want to do find if I like what I do maybe there will be five people at one of my shows but maybe one of those five people needs specifically what I bring to the table like people feel safe to grow here and they don't feel judged I'm okay with knowing that it's like a steady incline towards where we're trying to get to you're broadening your own human experiences by just empathizing and connecting with people I just have this thing where I need to get up and I need to do it just because you're a really great artist doesn't mean that you'll be successful in the industry because I've had the cell phone shut off a couple times I've had my internet shut off I've had like an apple for dinner like if we can help people mm-hmm. and it's just like the idea of like just being kind if no one's opening a door do exactly what you've done with this podcast and go go make your own door i wanted to put a disclaimer before we start this week's episode that we talk a lot about police brutality sexual uh assaults and abuse victims we talk a lot about death in the beginning portion of this podcast if you find anything either offensive or you think that we could work towards making this podcast better um, please reach out uh, at 23t instagram you can feel free to dm me if you find any of the content inappropriate or if we are going about it the wrong way Uh, no intentions of that hopefully this is just to inform educate and to start conversations and to keep the momentum going thank you so much here is the latest episode welcome back to 23t welcome back to me mondays with quo host nick or uncle nikki i hope everyone is doing well we're having some really nice weather so we had a few things that we wanted to talk about last week we put that on pause Um, it didn't feel right to talk about anything besides the black lives matters movement Um, so forgive us if this is sort of something that people were talking about more last week, but it's still super important. So let's just talk about it again. Um, but one of the first things that we have here on our docs, um, notes is another police brutality murder in USA, which even now looking at that, I'm like, yeah, it's not just like even another anymore. It's sadly, it's become a story every single day. Um, I don't even know where to like start with that. I know Breonna Taylor. Right. I know that um, they still haven't been arrested or charged for her right. mur- murder. Um, there was also another young woman who was found. I mean, this is so horrible. She was found um, dead, I think, yesterday after she had gone missing earlier in June and she had put out some tweets. Um, that were disturbing about her feeling afraid and uh, some sexual abuse that she had. Mm. And um, there's also uh, a lot of people trying to give space for trans lives matter, black trans lives matter. It's also Mm -hmm. pride month and a lot of trans people have been being murdered and there's not a lot of media coverage on that. So 
it's super unfortunate that Pride Month is not going forward and as much of this, like, I guess, attention as it usually gets because it is also a really um, awesome time to celebrate all folks. And, and also, like, you know, if you don't celebrate Pride, it almost takes away from Black trans people and Black sure. people. But anyways, moving forward from that, I know it's hard to just, like, transition from there, but we're going to yeah. do our best to keep the conversation going is um so how can a country unite through art um so something that i've seen a lot of is even something that i just scrolled through on instagram was a lot of people are using art to tell these victims stories one example that i have is like there's even like comic book illustrators who right. are telling the story of Breonna taylor through like comic strips to oh. almost like simplify for people and for like also visual people to be like, I mean, it's a, it's super artistic and it's also just, I think a quick way to get people's attention yeah. and to get them onto the story rather than there's like people post these massive articles that they think people are going to read. Yeah. And a lot of people are just see this huge article and think, oh, I don't have the time to read that right now. So I think when you give information in these, um, in this way that these people are like through art and Instagram is also still super visual platform. Right. It can also be super helpful for even someone like me to like, if I'm at work and I just have a moment's time, I can still be educating myself on these stories, but in a simpler manner. What is your exactly. take on like things like that? So um, I'm pretty sure I sent it to you via uh, Instagram. I'm trying to look for it right now, but I can't find it. But there's two artists who kind of went uh, went viral uh, over the last couple of weeks where uh, the one artist does these... Um, oh, I found it. Uh, what's his name? His name is... Uh, Nicholas Smith mm -hmm. so he he does these uh, these these painting portraits of uh, various victims um, who have gone through you know uh, police brutality there's a um, there's a portrait of George Floyd um, that that went viral um, and it just it's it speaks um, to everything that's kind of going on uh, let me just quickly link you um the, the his profile just go to the uh, go to the uh, doc page and then i'll just copy mm -hmm. and paste it um and i mean you know it's um fuck Uh, it just speaks. It, it just speaks volumes. Like there's not a lot of words behind everything, but uh, for someone to be able to add color, add drawing to a um, to a canvas that allows um, others to kind of um, try to grasp an understanding of what's going on is 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 extremely important. I think um, you know there's there's much more. Like you can learn a lot more through um just looking looking at something rather than always having to read an article like you said um but the one the one that really stuck out with me was 
uh, was this one as well. I'll, I'll link that to the doc as well, the second link. Mm -hmm. um, it's a portrait of um, uh, Ahmad uh, Ar Arbery, the, the, the individual that was uh, going on a jog and got uh, chased down by um, a father and a son in a pickup truck and was un uh, tragically shot and murdered in broad daylight uh, in the middle of a neighborhood. Uh, and, you know, the portrait that was painted was, you know, a, a picture of uh, Ahmad in a, in a black suit, it looks like, and um, his eyes are closed and his mouth is just a little bit open. And, you know, mm -hmm. for, um, for someone who doesn't know a lot about the actual situation, just, just by looking at that portrait, you can kind of, uh, you can feel the pain that um, the black community is, is currently going through and, and, and that has been going through uh, so much over, um, hundreds of years um, but yeah no words behind the photo you just kind of like look at the portrait and you automatically feel uh, feel the pain that is coming through that so um, you know I, I think I think paint painting and drawing is extremely important in uh, unifying unifying a country um, yeah yeah I think like the artist's experience is like such so visceral like we don't have there doesn't need to be words right like right. even in a museum like yeah you have those small um blurbs at the but i don't know what you call it but it like gives you some information mm -hmm. but a lot of people what do they do first they look they don't read first they look at what's in front of them first and they interpret and they feel and they have a visceral reaction to this thing right and they want to learn about it and see if they were in fact correct or have learned the history behind it or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's so powerful. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Like there's some amazing artists out there who are doing a lot of really good work and it's super powerful. And I think we all just really do need to feel right now as hard mm -hmm. as it is. Like, I think, I mean, we've said this so much before the fact that this is new for a lot of people right is crazy but i mean it's better now than never to start feeling and educating and talking about this um so yeah anyways there's a lot of really amazing artists out there and i oh i've i think you and i can both agree like i mean we both love art and that's what mm -hmm. the podcast is about i think it can make such a difference in people's lives and send messages and it does more than conversation like a film can move someone more than a conversation. Sure. Um, reading this, that, there's so many things that can move a person more than just having a conversation. Right. Um, and I know this is a podcast and we talk a lot, but that's why it's so important to extend beyond that and do your own uh, work behind it. So this is, um, I don't know when this news came out, but there was another Toronto rapper who, I believe he's from Toronto, right? Houdini? Yep, 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 yep. I don't know if we spoke about this. Do you want to talk about more about that? Um, so he was unfortunately uh, killed due to uh, gun violence. Uh, I want to say it was it, it was in Toronto, I'm pretty sure. I just don't know which um, which suburb. Um, but um, yeah, he was he was definitely one of the uh, one of the up and coming rappers, musicians from Toronto. Um, he, he had a lot of collaborations with, with rappers like Killy, Pressa. Um, you know, he was, he was acknowledged by Meek Mill after his passing. So he was definitely getting his name out. 
um, outside of uh, Toronto, Canada, etc. So um, a, a very unfortunate event that occurred. Um, and the one thing that I remember discussing with you is how uh, streaming numbers always jump up after someone passes. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I, like I was thinking about it, and I don't know why that that occurs, but I just feel like if you know, every city's gonna have a bunch of artists who are who are grinding, who are trying to uh, make it to the top. But as as an average Joe, like we're, I feel like a lot of people aren't gonna go out of the way to listen to artists who haven't necessarily made a name for themselves yet. So once we see a new name in the news in the news headlines, um, unfortunately, um, regarding to uh, the death of them, I think it. Um, just creates this uh, this feeling of just kind of like awe and just like um, a wanting to kind of discover and learn about these individuals who have unfortunately passed. So um, like I remember when when Mac Miller passed away um, a couple of years ago, uh, same thing happened to him where uh, his streaming numbers just skyrocketed um, a bunch of his stuff. Uh, yeah, same thing happened with Mac Miller where once he passed away, a lot of his stuff kind of skyrocketed. Um, and, you know, just speaking on Mac Miller for, for just a couple of seconds, like when I was in high school and when I started rapping, like he was definitely one of those artists that I kind of looked up to and I wanted to be. Um, and then I, he kind of switched his, his style of music and I wasn't really into that. And then, um, you know, he switched up again. And then unfortunately he passed away. And then, you know, I was one of those people who kind of stopped listening to him. And then after he passed, I, I went back and, you know, I listened to his catalog. Um, I listened to his, you know, his first two mixtapes that, that really got me into it. Um, and you know, it's, just, it's just one of those things where, you know, sometimes we forget about someone who was so big in our life. Um, and then once we find out that they unfortunately pass away, we kind of, um, go down that nostalgic road and we want to relive and re-experience um, those feelings that we once kind of uh, felt when uh, we were kind of into those people. Mm-hmm. I want to actually, for maybe our next week's episode, talk more about why there's such a culture behind um, making people famous after they've passed. Right. Because I think that's super interesting right now to talk about as well, not just in the arts world, but everything that's happening in in the media when um, as soon as these people have passed all of a sudden then their voices are heard rather than before even right. if even if it was they were speaking out or whatever um, it could be interesting for us to look into more for sure. um, so let's talk about the historical Canadian artist who you and I both did a little bit of research on named Emily Carr so I just want to let people know who Emily Carr is. So this is just like from Wiki. So Emily Carr was born December 13th, 1871 and died March 2nd, 1945. She was a Canadian artist and writer who was inspired by the indigenous peoples of the Pacific Northwest coast. So one of the first painters in Canada to adopt a modernist and post-impressionist painting style. Uh, Carr did not receive widespread recognition for her work until the subject matter of her painting shifted from Aboriginal themes to landscapes, forest scenes in particular. 
As a writer, Carr was one of the earliest uh, chroniclers of life in British Columbia, the Canadian Encyclopedia, um, and it describes her as a Canadian icon. Again, that's just pulled from the wiki page. Uh, I watched a 45-minute YouTube video called uh, Emily Carr, A Woman of All Sorts, if anyone's interested. Um, but yeah, she was a super, I was not expecting that. I, what I learned, and I, there was also some really interesting points made in the 45 minutes that I watched. Um, so she was sort of described as like a rebel and an outcast and her art was not appreciated at the time. Again, we're going back to that theme of once this person is deceased, that sort of, they start to be recognized. Um, but she had an interest in painting native culture and it's interesting to talk about because she was a white woman, she was a Canadian and she had almost this obsession uh, over the indigenous culture and native people and painting them and something that uh, one of the people who was interviewed, I'm gonna not be able to say his last name, but Lawrence Paul Yucks Wallupton. He he. I quoted him as saying she had a very romantic view, mm -hmm. and then another term that was used was expro expropriates. So I just want to share with people, we've heard of appropriate, but I just want to do a quick Google search of what expropriate means. So, especially of the state, take away property from its owner. So. Basically, what do you mean by expropriation? Claiming privately owned property against the wishes of the owners. My understanding is that it says to deprive of possession or proprietary rights to transfer to one's own possession. So basically what I think it's trying to say is that she was this white woman mm -hmm. and she was creating aboriginal art and she started to become famous for it when the i guess the discussion is was that appropriate because she was actually benefiting from taking these people's culture mm -hmm. and putting her own views and her own perspective and her own experiences into it because she was a white person creating something that wasn't hers um and Lawrence Paul Yuxwell Upton is a Aboriginal person's and the one quote all that I had, but he said some interesting things was, again, she had a very romantic view. So, oh, something else I think was, it's a completely different thing to watch something or be an outsider on something and then right. to, to live it to experience it gotcha so she was just like she wasn't experiencing this she was just watching it happen mm. and mirroring it or creating art from it but did she truly understand she could never understand it right and why does she also deserve more attention than say an actual aboriginal person who's creating the art mm -hmm. um but something that was positive about her was that she was super committed to justice for the native people. And she was an extreme advocate, um, activist, sorry, excuse me. Um, so 
there were good things that she was doing, but in terms of actually creating the art and profiting off of art or benefiting it, benefiting from it in her career, mm-hmm. is that okay? Like if I was now a white painter right. and all I painted was of a, like I went and I moved somewhere and I observed a certain group of people and all mm-hmm. of my art was based off of my experience there. And then I made a bunch of money off of this art. Is that okay? What did you have to learn from? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll just quickly answer your question before I go into what I found interesting about her. But um, like, is it, is it okay to profit off of something like that? Um, I think, I think it, it, it is okay, especially knowing that she was such, uh, she was involved in the culture. She was, like you said, she was an activist. Um, so, so it's not like, you know, she was just some, like some random white woman who, um, who only, um, romanticized the culture and profited it off the culture. Like she was, I feel like she was kind of in it. Um, so that's, that's my point of view for that question. Um, but the other, some of the things that I kind of took from her, um, was I read somewhere that she was actually... She was actually a teacher, but she didn't last very long because of her uh, her sharp temper. Yeah, so she took a teaching position uh, in Vancouver at the Ladies Art Club uh, that she held for no longer than a month. Uh, so supposedly she was unpopular amongst her students due to her rude behavior of smoking. Uh, so yeah, uh, so yeah, she was un- uh, unpopular amongst her students due to her due to her rude behavior of smoking, cursing at them in class. Um, and then students began to boycott boycott her uh, her courses, which was kind of uh, interesting. Um, and given given the time of like uh, 1871 uh, and onward, uh, I thought I thought that it was kind of fascinating of her traveling so much and and learning uh, art in in France. Mm-hmm. Um, she went down to California, I'm pretty sure, for a little bit. Um, I thought that was kind of fascinating as well. Uh, and then returning, to, uh, returning back to Canada, she, um, she lost both of her parents. So she was kind of raised, uh, by her older sister. Um, also just the fact that she was a woman. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I also learned that, uh, she has the, um, one of her paintings, The Crazy Stare, sold for $3.39 million in a Toronto art auction. And um, as as of that sale, uh, it is a record price for a painting done by a Canadian female artist. So wow, that's pretty crazy too. Um, again, if you guys want to learn for yourselves, her name is Emily Carr. Emily and then Carr is C-A-R-R. And the YouTube video that I watched was... Let me just go back to it. Emily Carr, a woman of all sorts, 45 minutes long. It was pretty interesting. I didn't get all the notes, but it it was well done. It's an older video, but it was still super educational and just nice to sit back and it's easy consumption. Um, just quickly hit these sorts of things. Social distancing circles in parks, that's been a thing now for a little while. It yep. seems to be working in Trinity Bellwoods. I also heard that it has been over two weeks now and there's no evidence of there being a spike in cases. 
Okay. I heard that on the radio. Um, so that I found interesting, especially with Trinity Bellwoods, 10,000 people being there and then protests, 20,000. And so I think people were worried about there being a spike in cases. Right. However, so far, there's no evidence to show that, which, you know, either that means a few things that the virus is weakening, that people were wearing masks and those masks are working and social distancing is working. Could be all of those things. Um, but I mean, positive news nonetheless. Are you, are you ready for um, wave 2.0 of COVID? Well, I don't even understand it really. How is it going to happen? How did do you, do you understand it? I mean, I don't like, I don't understand it, but like I was talking to my dad because he came to visit us um, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I was talking to him and like, he, he's like really into politics and whatever. And um, like, he's, he's, he's fairly confident that there's going to be another wave um, that kind of hits us right before the election. Um, and he, he said that if that does happen, everybody's going to blame Trump again for that occurring, uh, which would um, allow Biden to have uh, a greater shot at winning the election and getting Trump out of office. But um, yeah, I don't know how that's going to happen. Like, I don't, I like, I, I I don't know. I don't want to speak out of my ass, but. um, Mm -hmm. Did you also hear that CERB is getting extended most likely? Yeah, I uh, read a headline today on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. how, do you know how many months? I don't know how many months, but I'm going to take a guess that it's at least two mm. and probably four. But uh, um, especially if the second wave is going to happen, like you're saying, they right. might be anticipating it already. So they right. might extend it four more months, which would mean, you know, July, August, September, right. and October. So what, uh, what kinds of people and what working fields uh, would you say that uh, require these extra months of CERB? Um, the hospitality industry. Oh, okay. I would say uh, hugely around, you know, service industry, restaurants, hospitality, right. hotels, okay. anyone that works in that kind of, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say hospitality. Okay. I think is getting hit quite hard and also the arts. Um, sure. So it's, it's a lot of people and I just don't know when and how that's going to change. Yeah. Like this is just going to need to keep being extended because I think life as we know it has changed. Oh, hundred percent. You know, so 100%. it's like, it, it's not just going to go back to the way that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what the solution is, but yeah. Crazy. Hopefully you guys made it to the end of the podcast. Um, it's kind of hard to do these with like such heavy topics and I don't want to like be insensitive to it, but I also don't want to make this like a podcast where it like depresses you. Mm. Um, so I'm, obviously open to any criticisms or to hear what people have to say if they find that this is insensitive to go from such a heavy topic to maybe something else, but it's all just supposed to be educational, but also entertaining and informing. And 
again, very open to critique on whether or not we're doing an okay job of that. Um, maybe we should dedicate just specific episodes to one topic and that would be more appropriate. Or if people don't mind sort of this, the way that we're doing it, that's also great. None of it is meant to offend, but also we can always keep learning and doing better. Um, and there is a lot of sensitive topics that we do cover. So, I mean, just let us know if we can, in what way we can do better. Um, thank you, Nick. Thank you. Always good to catch up. Always. Um, and we will talk to you soon. Toodaloo. Okay, bye bye. It's psychological hustle. I gotta battle these comments. Like the king on a muscle. They keep on bursting my bubble. Now every morning when I wake up, only me in the huddle. So batter up, batter up. You know I'm hitting the double. You know I'm running the bases. I know I gotta embrace it. Like a girl without a top. Just kinda sitting on your lap. Boy, what you do? Girl, I rap. I rap nasty. Maybe one day I'll say chase at a paparazzi. Psychological hustle, be prepared for anything and everything. It'll tear you down, it'll tear you down. Psychological hustle, psychological hustle, psychological.